do every single Saturday on these airwaves. My name is Casey Steve, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk. 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. It's Saturday morning at Citizen Watch. Come on! Oh, that's right. Every single Saturday, we try to bring you some original content. That's for you, Marilyn. Hopefully, uh, everybody's enjoying their summer. I think it's going to continue for a while for you parents. I don't think the kids are going back. But today, July 18th, 2020, middle of the month, one week away from my birthday, just to make a note. But hey, we have with us in the palatial Studio C, COVID-proof. We've got duct tape on all the, uh, around the door, the windows, everything, to make sure that we're going to stay safe. <laughs> we have with us a, uh, a local celebrity. You hear him on these airwaves and all of, I don't know how many other stations he's on with a great commercial. He's your realtor, or should I say Dave Luna's Andy Krodick. How are you doing, Andy? I'm doing great, man. Good to be in studio with you. And first, it is COVID proof. The first guest. The first guest, I don't know if we're breaking any rules. I don't know if the governor's going to show up and cite us, if we'll be before Kimberly Helms-Lewis fighting a citation via Zoom. I think we'll be okay, but, you know, Andy, he's been around uh, Merced forever and ever and ever, and I don't mean to make it sound like he's old. He's very youthful looking. He's sporting a beard now. He's got a little trim on top. My COVID beard. COVID beard, yeah. I think we're all wearing the COVID well, that, hair. Well, can, that way I can push it up. It's a mask if I forget my mask when I go into Costco or something. Oh, my shorts. Well, I, you know, this mask thing, I don't, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about real estate, but I don't see how you cannot talk about real estate and not talk about the economy. Right. And when we talk about small businesses, and you are Mr. Atwater, I mean, let's... Let's give just a little history. Andy Krodick sat on the city council for a lot of years. You weren't mayor. I don't think you ran. You just were no. a councilman for, what, 12 years? 12 years. 12, 12 years. years, folks. Very, very influential over there. Those were the days when they had their own fire department. Had their own money, too. <laughs> Andy. And as you know, the Board of Realtors, instrumental over there. Folks, I ran a few times, never won, but it was so much fun. And all roads lead through the Board of Realtors. Now, they have a brand-new facility over there on, what is it, M Street, isn't it? Yes. By Loughborough. And they just had a, well, before the, you know, in the primary, they had a wonderful, was it one or two debates with the supervisors? We had to do two, so there was no Brown Act violation. So yeah, no, it's just, and again, great. And Andy, you've been the moderator. How many debates have you done? Oh, my gosh. I've done so many. I've done congressional. I've done... Uh, I've done State Senate, State Assembly, uh, Atwater City Council, Merced City Council, Merced Board of uh, Board of Supervisors, and uh, it's it's you know it's it's fun. I like, it. I enjoy. It. It's a lot of work to put those things together, but uh, but it's one way that forces you to get involved and and know the issues. And uh, I don't know how, what it's going to look like this year with COVID, but uh, yeah, we heck we did Anthony Canella's first debate when he first ran for State Senate, and that was ten years ago. You know, so. Uh, it's been it's been a good ride, and and you can go back and see those. So you just got to Google, um, you know, Merced County Association of Realtor debates, and they're all there. They're all there. I always get that wrong. It's Association of Realtors, not yes. Board of Realtors. I'm thinking of the state organization, I believe. But again, the Merced County Association of Realtors. Yes, they used to be downtown folks, and again, a lot of these things, and it was no fault. I just don't think they had the room because they had so many members. The Board of Realtors works too. We use we use both acronyms, so it's it's good. M C A R. Okay, but. 
just you know, people are looking for it. And th- but but they were kind of not open to the public. I mean, they were you know there was a limited attendance, but now they've really opened up, almost taking the place I think of the old uh, League of Women Voters, who used to have some more public debates in this town. They've kind of dried up and gone away. And the Board of Realtors, I think, has kind of stepped in, Andy. Yeah, you know, thank you for saying that. Um, you know, we used to have it closed to just members, but now we allow the public. But we, the questions are very controlled because um, we wanted to be, you know, we're not in the nursing industry, so we don't want it to be about nursing. It's it's about private property rights, and it's about, you know, items affected real estate, you know, um, you know, safe neighborhoods and 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 such. But um, yeah, they're fun, and uh, I generally when I meet with all the contestants let's say the candidates just to right. say yeah i meet with every one of them that will meet with me and i tell them there's going to be a rent control question there's going to be a mm-hmm. question about safe neighborhoods there's going to you know so I, it's no none of that gotcha stuff no but when you bring up uh you know uh private property rights we're not talking about personal property we're talking about private property that's the yeah. foundation of our country yeah. right yeah yeah, and so I tell people, what does that mean? Well, if you're if you're buying a house and there's a vacant lot behind your house, you better find out what zoning it is, because if it's it's already zoned commercial and they start putting up a commercial building, you know, your time to to do your due diligence is passed. The owner has a right to do that. I mean, to where, you know, um, you know, your realtors. Hey, I showed a house uh, over by the um, hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is probably six months ago, and I said, hey, this is commercial, so. And you're right next door. You don't know. It could be a two-story commercial office building looking down in your backyard. Which is just be aware. Mm-hmm. And uh, people seem to appreciate that. They can never come back and say, well, you didn't tell me. Well, I did. Full disclosure. And, and again, we find that private property is a great vehicle by which uh, municipalities, other entities uh, get their ta- you know, their money. Right. Uh, what do they call that? Uh, resources. Yeah. Uh, funding. And, and I think the realtors, the board of realtors and, and, and you uh, have kind of a – a concern to make sure that those taxes aren't so onerous that people can't afford real estate, right? Exactly. I mean, it has to be. I mean, wasn't there a time that we saw really some really high prices for what the area could bear with jobs? Yeah, and it, but the whole if you think about at the time I got in real estate 31 years ago, um, the state paid for sewage treatment plants. Now the local community, so that the burden has been shifted to local entities. But we we generally uh, we don't get involved in too many bond measures, um, and one reason is you know unless it directly affects the price of a house, you know we point it out and we want we always ask the candidates you know where they're at so the public can make their own choice. But um, the border realtors is fifty one percent Republican, forty nine percent Democrat. So we're not the Democrat or. Republican Party, we're the realtor party, interested in protecting your private property rights. I think it's great. And, you know, he is the government affairs director, was full-time now, uh, indicates kind of shared position. Yeah. I am still the chair of our local government recommending committee, um, which is basically our PAC. Mm -hmm. So we dole out money to folks that... uh, you know, our pro property rights. You know, we're we're going to be involved in you know the race uh, district one. Mm-hmm. You know, we've already picked a candidate, um, and that would be Josh Pedrozo, uh, because we feel he's a better representation. And uh, uh, Supervisor Lore is pro uh, rent control, and we mm-hmm. just that's a big no no for us. Right. And just just so Josh feels a little better, it is district two. Because two I, I, I ran for that district, and I was uh, pleased to receive. Not only the local uh, Association of Realtors endorsement, but also the uh, board up there in Sacramento. They had a little uh, little pot of money also. There you go. So it was very, very nice. And again, I think what Andy does uh, and his group 
uh, in the local elections is very important because it does kind of keep the accountability. In the primary election, there were some bond measures right. on the ballot, property tax measures, and uh, sometimes those are good, sometimes those aren't. You know, when we talk about real estate, I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I think Atwater has a, a really good distinction, is schools. Mm-hmm. And having good schools in an area or is important to folks when they look for real estate. Four years ago, I believe it was four years ago, it was, it was the first time I ever supported a, a school bond. And it was for the Atwater Elementary School District. And the reason I, and I got a lot of you know grief from my conservative friends, but I said, you know what, my job over the last 30 years in selling real estate, Atwater Elementary School District has made it easier because they are great schools, mm-hmm. and, uh, and and additionally they they moved Peggy Heller up to a K eight and paid cash for the addition. Right. So they're they're managing their money, and that's what convinced me. Other than that, I, I tend to support uh, you know law enforcement bond measures. Well, and and you bring a good point. We we know we need to make investments. We know we need to give them the resources, and it's just basically performance on the back end. I mean, yeah. if they're doing good, you know, McSwain's always had that great reputation and, yep. you know, get out there in that McSwain school district and it yep. just kind of sells itself, I think. That's always in an ad and a house is for sale in McSwain is located in McSwain and it associates with the school. And yeah, and you go by there, it's about uh, three buildings. I think they were <laughs> built in like 1949. Yeah. It, you know, it's out in the middle of a farm field, but again, it just really shows how it gets down to people. And Andy is in the people business, licensed realtor for uh, 30, over 30 years, folks, 1989. If my MCOE math is correct, that's going on 32, 33 years. And there was a really interesting date that Andy and I talked about. So many folks uh, in their recent memory here in Merced probably remember 04, 05, 06, 07, 08, right? Really bad times, the boom, boom, boom. Houses were half a million a pop, and then it just went to nothing. But there was another time that was really serious here in the city of, in the county of Mercy. It affected the whole county, and Andy was right there in the upper center, and that was our former Castle Air Force Base. And yep. talk about April 12th, 1991, and what that means to you. Nine o'clock in the morning, April 12th, 1991, I'm sitting on my couch at home watching CNN, and Wolf Blitzer was the Pentagon correspondent at the time. And he had a list of, of bases that were going to close. He started to read down, and he hit Castle. Mm-hmm. And my heart dropped. I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old and a stay-at-home mom and, and my wife. And on 100% commission income, uh, it's, it puts the hair on your back uh, standing and I woke up that morning with seven ap- active escrows mm-hmm. and I went to bed that night with one active six out of the seven canceled said I'm out and this was a time when they not only closed castle but there was a I don't know it was after the cold war I don't know we were at peace you know Reagan had left and so we were kind of paring down those military assets we never thought they would get rid of a strategic air command base never with nuclear thought. weapons out there 260 million dollar payroll out the door and uh, now that's almost a quarter of a billion if I if my MCO yeah, math is correct, and yeah. that's a lot of money for a little town of Atwater. Thirty years ago, it's a heck of a lot of more money. You know, so and that you know, and then the the spinoff of those those military dollars dollars in the local stores was huge, and then um, it, it was just it it made you feel like, and I'm, I'm not a marine, but it made you feel like a marine. You had to adapt your your approach to sales that's for sure well you think about how many people that came to this town because of the military and really stayed i mean to this day we still see it in all of the uh, obituaries that sort of thing you know people are yeah. uh, you know people are here because of because of the air force base 
because of Castle. But again, that was a uh, that was a big deal, and it wasn't just Castle; it was a lot of bases, and we didn't think we were going to get hit, and we got hit. So that that was a, a huge, huge impact. And oh yeah, yeah. So, Plattsburgh Plattsburgh also closed. I, I lived in Plattsburgh's got had two Air Force bases. I lived on both of them. My dad was a, a military aviator. You know, I lived at base housing in Atwater. I grew up in five different um, bases, four or five different bases, and uh, I can remember driving down Santa Fe, and I take such pride in watching these big, you know, KC-135s landing and taking off, mm-hmm. and then, of course, the bombers. And I, when the, the last plane left Castle, mm-hmm. it was like 93, and he flew, it was a KC-135. I was with my dad on the, on the uh, just off the runway apron, and, um, and he came by flying low with the boom down. It choked up everybody. Mm-hmm. My dad looked over him. Never saw my dad cry other than when his mom died, and that was that was only the second time I ever seen my dad cry. And I'll tell you what, it was it was emotional and it was real somber. But it was you know it's to, to this day you know every once in a while you see those F-16s come out of Fresno and they land here and turn mm-hmm. around and go back. I mean it still brings back you know great memories. It just and I was telling someone the other day we we're talking about how you remember when the planes used to fly over Merced and you're mm-hmm. talking on a phone you yeah. had to stop talking. Oh, no kidding yeah. downtown here it was a, <laughs> I think they lined up on 17. Yeah yeah. So. You know, it was a great time and a, a lot of great people came to this area and stayed because they just loved this area. There was something about Merced. Uh, same way with the Dust Bowl. We got a lot of Okies over here and wind and stuff. It's just a, just amazing to me, but it's something about this community. And that's what you do. Been selling real estate over 30 years. And uh, you, you saw the base closure, the housing meltdown in 2007. We touched on that. Uh, you did some, uh, you know, we only got a minute left. We're going to have to get out of this segment. You know, and I, I want I want to talk to Andy, too. I hope he'll be, uh, you know, maybe talk a little bit about Castle and, you know, since it's closed, has it realized its potential? Is there is there things that could be done out there? We have some good success stories. Big Creek Lumber, Blaker Brewing. We got yeah. the crane manufacturing. A lot of private tenants. The Air Museum, I think, is a water. Absolutely. But uh, again, just never. It's not like that two hundred sixty million dollar payroll we talked about. But we're with Andy Krodick in studio, the first in studio guest. We're so blessed. Quite frankly, uh, you hear him all the time on these uh, these airwaves. And if you're ever looking for something, he's over there at American Realty in Atwater on the second floor. Yes. And if you can't make it up there, he'll walk down to you. I've yeah, heard. we got a conference yeah, room downstairs. We got a conference room downstairs. Hey, listen, we'll be right back. Citizen Watch Saturday morning. So happy you're with us. Stick with us through the break. Wasting our days away here. No, you're wasting your morning with me, Casey Steed, Citizen Watch, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. In studio guest, Andy Krodick, American Realty. Over there at uh, 2555 First Street on the second floor. It's a walk up, folks, in the real estate business in Atwater. Above Trans County Title. That's right. You can get it all in one stop. I don't even know if they're issuing parking tickets over there anymore. Hey, let's uh, let's put this on pause. You know, we were talking to Andy about the base. 
Newcastle Air Force Base, April 12th, 1991. Let me tell you, a date that will live in infamy. Yes. Because, uh, you know, some of our local, uh, you know, the local folk from, from uh, where were they from? Washington, D.C. You're not on the list. It's not going to happen. Don't worry. And then the next morning, Andy's watching CNN. Good old Wolf. You know, that's when Wolf really, that's when they reported the news. That's when CNN meant something. It was owned by Turner back mm-hmm. then, I believe, before Jane took it over. Anyway, uh, you know, you see that come across the crawl. or they, Castle what is closing? And they, they aren't joking around. And you can imagine, I imagine the reaction was, well, maybe we can talk them out of it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> maybe we can write a letter. Yeah, good luck with that. So anyway, folks, that was a big deal. Now, you know, something that went out there, and people, you know, it's been there so long, people not re- may not realize. And again, Andy took the lead when there was a problem out there was the uh, the federal penitentiary. Yeah. I don't know if it has a name. Uh, federal penitentiary yeah, Atwater. Federal, federal penitentiary Atwater. I did the Pleasant Valley State Prison yeah. in Colinga yeah. for the state of California back in the... Uh, Early '90s. That was a that was a fun one. But let me see a federal pen. I don't know. That just scares you the name of it. And you know the big guard towers out there, kind of where they used to store the uh, the boom booms. And there was a uh, an incident back in 2008. A guard, Jose Rivera, Jose, and he was killed, murdered. Yep. By some inmates. Now you would think, folks, inside a prison, it would be uh, you know safe. Now tell, can you talk just a little bit about that and your involvement? And again, well, I don't want to put you on the spot. I w- it was uh, it happened uh, summer that year. And uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Flip Hassett and uh, Dennis Anderson, uh, who both had sons who worked out there, wanted to start up a thing and wanted, came to me and wanted me to be their spokesperson. And I said, ah, you know, I'm, I, I, I get what you guys are doing. And, and I remember they kept calling me. And um, we, we were coming home from the Delta, and we just unloaded the motorhome. It was hot as heck, like 100 10 and summer my, day in Merced. yeah and my significant other and i jumped into the pool uh-huh. with our clothes on you know mm-hmm. didn't even get in suits and next thing you know dennis anderson and flip pastor standing above us and i said they said you can run but you can't hide yeah and next thing you know we, we formed the organization and uh it's it it i was so outraged when i found out these they're not called guards or correction officers. They're, they're they would they would be armed with keys, a radio, and a flashlight. That was it. And yeah, no no, no, uh, no chemical agent. No chemical agent. No stab vests, uh, resistant vests, and they're sitting ducks. And that's and so Jose was held, held down and, and murdered, and um, so we we got we we formed our organization, started going after the warden, went after the bureau of prisons, uh, Congressman uh, Cardoza at that time. Uh, got us a face-to-face meeting with, uh, you know, the Bureau of Prisons director, the director of Bureau of Prisons at Atwater. Mm-hmm. Um, that bit testy at time, and it took us years. But today, I'm happy to say they have uh, a, a gas and they have stab-proof vests available to them. And uh, but I couldn't believe that their whole philosophy they did because the states had them for years, you know. But uh, they all fought it. The wardens fought it. I went after Warden Johnson, and then there's another warden. I, I, I can't remember his name, but he had me double searched when he came into the institution. Then one time I was threatened to be arrested for trespassing. So we held a press conference uh, outside the entrance, right off their property. Mm-hmm. Then we did a press conference behind In Shape City, had like 11 TV stations there, including CNN. And we gave speeches, rallied up the crowd, and just kept the pressure on it. And even sent a correctional officer safety uh, sign to the Bureau of Prisons you know, director, you know, um, he was very aware of us, mm-hmm. and I just just stayed on him. And when they finally shipped off, uh, I think it was Warden Johnson. They they sent him to a 
another prison to be a warden in Illinois, I called the mayor of that city and I said, here's what you're getting. <laughs> yeah. And I, I just really was, a, you know, because my dad always said the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Mm-hmm. But we, we had a lot of organization. I had I had a lot of guys from across the country who would call and give me tips. And I had a lot of um, correctional officers who would call and give me tips. And I kept, I remember... Um, we wanted them to stay in lockdown because it was that was still not under control. Mm-hmm. I had an inmate's uh, wife come to my office one day, showed up, and said, "Please keep him on lockdown. My my husband is scared to death." Mm-hmm. You know, and most of those guys in Atwater are lifers, but uh, so they, they what do they have to live for? Really, mm-hmm. it's, I think seventy eight percent of them were lifers, and uh, it was just something really needed to be done. We had to fight a committee chairman. Uh, it was Bobby Lewis was opposed to it, and but you know back then. I give Dennis Cardoz a huge amount of credit. He was really instrumental. He stayed on them and lobbied them in D.C. And then slowly they, we started getting them, and he convinced them to be a test, you know, a test site for it. And and fast forward today, and now they're a little more protected. Well, you know, it sounds, Andy, like uh, you know, going up against the feds is a lot different than the state. And here you took on the federal bureaucracy. That had to be really frustrating because it didn't sound like they gave a flying, you know, what about well, they, Atwater or the state of california they did the their best to intimidate you um i remember at meetings two guys from the fbi fresno office would show up and just sit there very quietly taking notes and and i don't know mm. if they're drawing cartoons or just <laughs> what but right um and we would get in some heated exchanges um but it's interesting uh they have jose's um badge uh-huh. you know right as soon as you go through security and everybody touches that when they walk in and the thing is that he had just got accepted into the chp academy and this guy had done tours in you know overseas and iraq and it's a real hero of a guy i never met him but everybody who knew him loved him and know? not to and not to give the equipment that's necessary because you made a, a mention stab resistant as opposed to slice and this was really the big issue because they had a vest or some sort of minimal protection but it wasn't yes it wasn't stopping anything wasn't stopping anything when they hold a guy down and these again guys have nothing to lose i remember there was some prisoner on prisoner violence the guy only got like 10 more years because what's he gonna do but again i wanted to bring that up because andy was very influential actually the spokesman for the friends and family of correctional officers and again folks that was a federal penitentiary really really going over and above and i want to thank you for that and it's no secret you've been back to washington dc Many times, oh, bunches, bunches. You know, and I always, always said, you know, uh, correctional officers um, do one of the jobs that IA can't do and wouldn't want to do. I mean, they, you know, they are brave souls or were brave souls, and they would invite me out there and they toss all the cells, and I'd, and I'd sit there watch them, and they would find weapon after weapon after mm-hmm. weapon. These guys are so and they, when they, all they got is time, mm-hmm. and the, the places they would hide these things is just incredible. What yeah. do you think? Uh, we because this is going to go quick, and we only got another segment left. What do you think when you hear about Governor Newsom cleaning out San Quentin? When you think that when you see that things were felonies that aren't felonies, when you when you see this pushback against law enforcement, how does that? What, what do you what do you, do you think? And again, trying to sell real estate, public safety, I think, is a big issue, and you've always been a big defender of that. It it is. Uh, public safety is huge. Um, when you're, I mean, your house is your castle, you know, and you know. You know, I we have loaded firearms in our house. We have alarm systems. I've got eight or nine cameras. I mean, it's you've it's, got a moat. I've got a moat. It's it's you know, uh, it's just it's scary because you know crime is already you know big in this state, 
And, uh, you know, I, my daughter was working at Target years ago, and they changed the law to where you still under $800 is a site and release. So these guys come in and steal up to $750 worth of stuff, and if they get caught, that's a ticket, you know. And uh, I'll tell you, it's just a whole different world. So, but, I, but again, I, you know, my, my son-in-law is a, in law enforcement, got a lot of friends in law enforcement, and I just respect the heck out of them. And it's a job that it's, you know, during a foreclosure crisis, I'd be scared walking into vacant houses because you'd walk up on people. Well, These guys do that kind of stuff every day. Well, so. you and, and, you know, the foreclosure crisis, foreclosure crisis we kind of glossed over there about 2007. But Andy was, uh, you know, he was always doing something in real estate, even having mm-hmm. to maybe... You know, bring the bad news or tell people this and that. And I read somewhere you used to, like, hit the car alarm a couple of times. Yeah. What were some of the things you walked in on? Uh, oh, uh, there would be homeless a lot, um, uh, gangbangers having parties, uh, vicious dogs. I got chased uh, by a guy with a hatchet one time. And I, I said, hey, I'm, I'm one of you. I'm local. I'm, you know, I'm not the bank. Would you rather have some guy from San Francisco come tell you? And uh, it's very sad because I remember a house over off Yosemite Parkway, and I found a bunch of baby pictures. Mm-hmm. And it took me a couple of weeks to find the former owner, but I wanted her to have her baby pictures. But it was just sad because you see people's lives is just ripped apart, and it's, it was a horrible time to be a realtor. Oh, it was terrible. Oh. I remember those times down in Southern California, and it was boom, 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 and then it was bust, bust, bust. And I think one of the saddest stories is uh, reading one of those you know articles on the weekend in the real estate section about the kids having to pack their room. Yeah, and uh, here they thought they were going to be there, you know. And uh, I know as a kid, I can't imagine, uh, you know, packing it up and uh, going to an apartment after having a beautiful home. But let's talk a little bit about the current market situation okay. because people with this COVID, I tell you, Andy, once in a lifetime, you've you've seen you've seen about ten once in a lifetime. Yeah. But what? Tell us some things that may shock, you know, that may you know the listeners may not know about the current market situation. Well, well the current market situation, Merced. Um, there, there are always going to be people who have to sell. You know, the people, you know, a divorce, job transfer, probate. Um, but the people who do not have to sell are not selling because they're scared of COVID. They're, In what way? In other words, they, they don't have anywhere to go. Their their, their real estate's going to work, be worth nothing? Well, no, I think just like well, we're thinking about buying a new house and getting a bigger house. But, you know, we'll, we'll wait till COVID's over. So as a result, the real estate market has tightened up. I'll give you an example. A year ago in the city of Merced, there was 279 houses for sale. Today, there's 105. Mm. In Atwater, there was running 65 to 70 You mean, you mean with all the new houses they're building? There's yeah. Only- yeah, because people aren't putting their houses on the market. So now we're getting bidding war. Okay, and interest rates are so low that people realize they got more buying power, and we're also starting to see folks who are moving out of the Bay Area because they want, you know, uh, maybe less crowded areas because of COVID, maybe less crime, uh, and so our market is busy. It's it's busy and prices have gone up. I'll give you an example: in, pre-COVID in March, the median price of a home in uh, Merced was about two seventy-two. Mm-hmm. It's three hundred thousand today. Wow! In March, it took you thirty-nine days to sell your house. Today, it takes you fourteen days. Okay, it's just it's just an astonishing turn of events, and um, and uh, my buddy Joe Stephanie, a loan officer, said, uh, you know, the buying power is so strong that a year ago, if you qualified for a three hundred fifty thousand dollar mortgage, right, today, it, given the fact you have the same job, same income, same uh, credit score, you qualify for a four hundred twenty thousand dollar loan because the rates have gone from the mid fours to the mid twos. That's almost twenty percent more with my quick MCOE math. Three fifty to four twenty. Three fifty to four twenty. That's yeah. seventy thousand dollars. My that's, word, that's amazing. Yeah, and so he's so busy. buying power is big. Does that mean the prices go up because people know that prices or? are going up because there's it's real estate in the simplest form is supply and demand. There's demand out there with the limited supply. 
Give an example. Two weeks ago, list the house out in the McSwain area. Mm-hmm. List the house for four ninety nine five. We're in escrow at five fifty one. Fifty thousand dollar bidding war. Wow. That's that, that's that good school district we talked that's about. That's a good folks. school district. Well, so uh, so really, is that what they call a seller's market? Because if you have something to sell, you're almost guaranteed to sell it. Yeah, because a year ago we had 3.4 months supply of homes in the market. Today it's 1.7. Wow. So it's a seller's market. Definitely a seller's market. Now, we only have one minute in this segment, and we have one more segment to go, folks, and we're going to stay on this subject. But what about rentals? How does that translate to rentals? I hear at one point we didn't have a lot of rental inventory. That's correct. Uh, about 1% one, one to 2% vacancy factor. The governor put a moratorium on evictions mm-hmm. until 90 days after the end of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So I've got a little lady, 84 years old, who depends on her rental income um, as income. Mm-hmm. The gentleman stopped paying rent in December, uh, took him to court, got a judgment and a lockout date, which is like the day after the, the governor put on a moratorium. Oh, so I no. called uh, Vern Warnke. I said, hey, this, I can, can see what's going to happen. Can we still remove this guy? This 84-year-old woman needs this income. And he says, my hands are tied. Can't do nothing. So I talked to Rick over at Merced Eviction. And he says, We're, we can't even start an eviction on these people. Still haven't paid rent, by the way, until 90 days after the pandemic. Right now, that's that's uh, Halloween. Oh and then it'll Lord. take 90, 70 days to get them out of there. So they could conceivably stay there for over a year. She's 84 years old, folks. You know, a lot of people, you know, this moratorium st- uh, stuff sounds great, but realize that a lot of folks invest in real estate, too. You know, they take that home, maybe they move, uh, you know, make it a rental. They need that to live on. You can't just uh, start taking people's income away. There's no such thing as free money, folks. And we're going to discuss more of this in the third and final segment of Citizen Watch. With us, we have Andy Krodick, real estate extraordinaire, governor, uh, government affairs director with the Association of Realtors. We'll be right back after the break. so close to me man try to maintain that uh social distancing that's six foot and you better be wearing a mask because i don't want your droplets let alone the eight billion skin cells we shed every day but let's not talk about that and you know where there's no virus transmission home depot and lowe's that's right over there in the sprinkler aisle uh, i don't know what they got going on but uh, nobody's caught anything there because that has not shut down i have you ever walked in there and they said you know we're at capacity we're at capacity, and uh, is that a pair? Is that a pair of thong underwear? What is that you're holding up? Oh, it's a mask. He's holding up some. He has this uh, pad out at the river, folks. It gets a little crazy out there. They can't put all the photos on Facebook, but we have with us in studio Andy Krodick, real estate extraordinaire, government affairs director. No, not God, Gad, the government affairs director for the Merced County Association of Realtors, a beautiful palatial new facility over there on M Street with a vault. So uh, your escrows are, are safe, and if you uh, if you don't pay that final payment, the vault it's hard to get out of. Yeah, hard to get out of. And Auntie's and Andy's been a great guest. Been on the, had his own show, which just goes to show you how long will this one last. So he had his own show, was in the paper, the Merced Sun Star. Say something. Um, yeah. Also the Times too, and the Merced County Times, one of our great little success stories. I tell you, I think that's becoming the only printed paper worth reading anymore because uh, the Sun Star is thin and for sale. And I don't know how much longer they're going to throw something on your door, folks. But 
Uh, Merced County Times is wonderful. And again, in Atwater, win, you know, close enough. But uh, wonderful success story. A great community, Atwater. We always have a lot of fun with it here on Citizen Watch because they're out of money. And, uh, you know, you know, everybody needs money, and uh, it, it's, a, it's important. And he's been a big, big, big supporter of police, fire, was on the city council of Atwater for 12 years. He has a vested interest in seeing the city succeed. But we want to talk a little bit about real estate and COVID-19, COVID-20. I don't know. Is it going to be COVID-21? Your kids aren't going to school. I hate to tell you. Mommy and dad. You know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. It's going to take a vineyard for you parents to get through the next semester. But that's just my opinion. But let's talk about real estate because people may be wanting to move up, get that home office, an individual room for the kids, maybe two for the parents. Like, uh, remember, I Love Lucy, they had separate beds. Are you guys to that yet? But let's talk about how the realtors are dealing with this situation. Well, um, taking great steps to protect our clients. Uh, the first thing that we do is if a buyer wants to see a house and it's owner-occupied, we ask them to sign this declaration that says, I have not had any symptoms of COVID. I've not been exposed to anybody. Uh, who's had COVID, and if I get exposed to someone in the next, I will circle back and report back that I found out that I had been. So we make them sign that, number one, number one two. We're doing more virtual tours, mm-hmm. and we ask them to look at that first. And then um, we don't. We only show it to um, no more than two adults at a time. The buyer's agent wears a mask and gloves, and the buyer's agent is the one who's supposed to open doors, open a pantry, touch stuff. Uh, the buyer's not allowed to touch anything, but they also have to wear a mask. And uh, sometimes they have to take their shoes off and be very respectful. 99% of the sellers leave. We encourage that. And uh, it's a very controlled environment. And, you know, I always have some disinfectant in my pocket. And I was showing a house and, and the buyer touched something. I said, hey, I remind him, hey, because we tell him, hey, if you start touching things, the showing will be over. Wow. Well, there's no children, you know, because children are hard to fall directions so we don't let them bring their children in and they got two more adults that want to see it then we might ship the others out in the backyard but the point is it's very controlled to protect the safety of the realtors the buyers and of course the sellers who live there right you know and especially if they have uh you know you know bad respiratory conditions or something like that so i personally don't know anybody who's got got it i hope i don't get to know somebody who's got COVID 19 but i want you to know that merced county association of realtors has taken it very seriously all of our realtors all 567 and to protect everybody as best we can it's 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 just a crazy time it's a little more work it's a little more controlled and and it's you know your glasses fog up sometimes with you know learning but yeah but it is what it is and you know we're doing what we can to protect folks and and people need to know that well, you know, one of the things you did, and it was before the uh, the uh, pandemic, and I thought it was just brilliant, was you were using the drones oh, yeah. to go through the house. And I thought that was just the neatest thing because yeah. you really get a view. You'd go up. You'd kind of see the neighborhood, the backyards. It, and uh, I've heard that uh, with this pandemic, you have virtual closing. Some folks never even step on site till they get the keys. Yeah, well, they, you know, with the quality, because I don't take my own photographs anymore. If it's a clunker, you know, and some, you know, I might shoot some with my iPhone. But, you know, I pay a photographer uh, I, I pay a drone. Uh, I have uh, virtual tours done. You know the marketing. I have a I have a social marketing person who markets. You know I got in a business 31 years ago. You put a sign in the front yard, put an ad in the Sunstar, and didn't put the address, so they had to call you. You know today they know as much about the house as we do because they're very informed buyers, which is makes your job easier, quite frankly. Well, yeah, I imagine by the time they come to you, they've been on Zillow, they've been yep. on all the, 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 the Google Earth, they've seen everything, yep. a lot of questions. Yeah. So your marketing 
you know, is not only changed due to COVID, but just more savvy buyers out there. Well, yeah, and it's it's it, it's it's better educated buyers is better. Also, the you know, in the old days, it was that rolled up fax paper, and <laughs> and, and you know, you had yeah. you had to go meet the sellers, present your offer. Now I don't, you know, I know all these agents, but I couldn't pick them out in a store because you email everything, electronic signature, and all that, which makes it a lot more convenient. But I mean, and you have to. I mean, flipping. The last 10 days, I would put seven deals in escrow. I mean, it's that busy out there. So it's a good time to buy a house, Andy. In other words, money is still available. Uh, you Money's know, cheap. I would think that, you know, if it's, you got to have a job. I imagine you have to have some income. This isn't the old stated income days. And, uh, you know, I mean, we're not back to the uh, to the, to the uh, early 2000s, I hope. But uh, Well, you know, I always said that I always knew in the market is real good when people were calling you on holidays. On the 4th of July, my phone was blown up. And I, I remember a couple of years ago, we had a real good December. People were calling on Christmas Eve and Christmas Day about property. So when that, that kind of stuff happens, you know you know the market is on fire. I don't know when COVID ends, if it ever ends. I don't know what's going to happen with the market. All I can tell you is right now, it's clearly a seller's market. Right now, there's limited inventory. And right now, the money is cheap. It's, it's, uh, you know, Joe Stephanie was telling me he just got someone 2.38%. 2%. On a, a refi. Oh. He's over at American Financial here in Merced. But... but that I bought my first house in 1985. I got 11% rate. I thought I was fat, dumb, and happy. I said, man, I, that's great rate. I did an owner financed at 8%, and I think both <laughs> of us won. But, man, 2.3, whoo chihuahua. That's, a, that's like, like you say, it's almost free money. Yeah. It's yeah. almost free money, folks. And, again, you wonder what you're getting. But Annie can tell you the value of real estate never very rarely goes down. It's always something you can hang on to. It. You can see it. You know, It's on Google Earth. Really a good yeah. investment. Well, I'll tell you one story about value because it's always up and down, up and down. The first house I ever sold was a house uh, on Vine Circle in Atwater. Mm-hmm. Brand new house, Bud Raymond Special, $66,500. Wow. During the foreclosure crisis, when we hit the bottom of the trough, 2010, 2011, was the prices got the lowest. I sold that house for less than 66500 So if I would have told that guy 20 years, hey, Buy yeah, this yeah. house in 20 years. It's going to go well. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's no guarantee, but I think it's a good investment. You know, when you look at schools where you're going to raise your kids, again, that stability. Obviously, those things about jobs and, and those type of things. What what else do you want to talk Because i got to ask you about the turkey giveaway, but I don't want to get away from this uh, because, again, you do some really nice stuff. Well, thank you. That Really nice stuff. And, again, that's a home builder that we both know very well that yep. has a heart bigger than this whole building, bigger than this city block. Greg. And that guy, Greg Hostetler. Greg Hostetler, yeah. He's... In loving memory of Kathy Hostetler. I do those commercials every year, and I love giving those turkeys. I love what ha- you know. It, it 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 makes a tear to your eye when you see those folks waiting in line. T- just talk a yeah, little bit so, about that. I don't want to take away from. Yeah, no. He, him, and his wife did it for years, and and back in 2012, he asked me to to get involved, and we got a lot more better organized. But we do 500 turkeys at the fairgrounds mm-hmm. here in Merced, and 500 uh, at the fairgrounds in Los Banos. Mm-hmm. They line up, they, we always start at high noon. Greg always says his trains run on time, so we well, don't start late, he mm-hmm. won't like it. Um, but he opens up his checkbook, I go buy a thousand turkeys for him at uh, Food for Less on, in Los Banos that supports the spring fair. And um, we don't ask for a discount, you know, it's, everybody's gotta make a living. And 500 each place, and those people start lining up three, four o'clock in the morning, and to see their face when they get one, you know, um, they're very appreciative. They like to have their picture taken with Greg, and gives me goosebumps. Yeah, and it's just you know, it just it demonstrates to me. I always invite some of the elected officials out, especially ones that represent that area, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I was like, man, the need, and it makes you. You know, when you go home and oh, we only got leftovers in the fridge, and then you see these people stand out in line and cold at four o'clock in the morning, humbles you. 
Yeah, it just really does. It really does. Awesome. So Greg does a wonderful thing. He's, as you know, Merced County's biggest home builder in Stonefield. Does a great job, very generous. But he gives the money to Merced High. He gives money all over the place. He's he's very generous. But but uh, yeah, he, it's an honor to be involved in that. No, and Greg Hosteller's a great guy, and he, you know, he kept it going during the, uh, you know, the last few years when it wasn't so busy. He did you know eight, ten little projects, you know, or eight, ten homes, you know, he yeah. develop a little area, stuff like that. And we couldn't also uh, not mention, of course, Michael Gallo, his family. They Absolutely. help out a little bit there. I know in Merced with the, uh, the, uh, the cheese, and of course, Greg always. Besides the turkeys, you may, I'm sure you know, Greg has a couple of almond trees out there. Yeah. And uh, they always give a pound or two of almonds. So, again, watch those people come through. It really warms your heart. And, Andy, I have to ask you, don't you think it's going to be worse this year? I think so. I, I think so. I mean, I, yeah, how could it not be? I mean, it's it's sad just to see how fast uh, this tanked, you know, real estate aside. I mean, devastation. I mean, just. Uh, just it's a horrible thing it's a horrible thing to see well we got five minutes i want you to talk about the real estate industry what you want to leave the listeners with i know you're a man of hope you know i love merced county um my dad retired in 1980 we came back uh to live here because of this love the area california's a beautiful state i mean you're a couple hours from the ocean a couple hours from the mountains you see them both i mean there's so much to so much opportunity in terms of things to spend time with your family we're big boaters and my family always have been and big campers and and it's just it's a wonderful place and merced county has always been a nice safe place a lot of people don't know where it is you know but uh, i always say north of fresno or south of sacramento and oh yeah 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 you know central valley i love the summer weather the hot doesn't bother me at all i'm not crazy about the fog but it's a great place it got great schools and you know i have a lot of great friends here and three out of my four kids live here in town that's, that's good yeah with and I don't, including two out of three grandkids so it's uh i love this town and i i just hope it rebounds after this uh pandemic is over you know the small businesses don't you think i know that atwater and again we're not going to get into super big political things but atwater's been a leader with this sanctuary city declaration you know uh really looking at the small business owners right. we saw Somebody drive down uh, from the L.A. or up from the L.A. area, gave $4,000 to Granny's yeah. Pantry. Yep. Yep. Just some real, you know, because they want to support. But, Andy, if we go back to a stage two where we're a shelter in place, I don't see how businesses cannot afford to not stay open in defiance. I, yeah. I don't mean to be civil disobedient, but uh, how much more can we ask of our small – you're a small business owner. Well, I – I'm, I've just simplified my life, but what kills me is these little mom-and-pop restaurants who, you know, probably spent their life savings getting – because the restaurant industry has a pretty high – It's tough. It's tough in yeah. a good time. Yeah, and so I'm watching this lady yesterday sweep the sidewalk so she can move the tables outside and all this, and, and I, I just said, how you doing? She was keeping her head above water. She had to hit you with the broom. Yeah. No, I, I know. It's tough, Andy. And you see those small business. Again, Atwater is like, you talk about Mayberry, slice of pie, Apple, you know, the water towers, the Air Force. Air Museum. Air Museum. Again, just a, a, a jewel out there if you haven't seen that thing. And and uh, and good home prices right now. So, you know, it, it, it needs, I just I just think we got to get the economy going. we got to get the economy going. But it's a good time to buy a home. I think there is optimism in the, in the world, in the United States. We're a great country, the greatest country on the face of the earth. I know you share that. Yep. Yeah. That sentiment, and, and we're big believers in private property rights. It's a little different than personal property, folks. Private property is is the foundation of this country. And there's very, there's not all, you know, you can't buy a piece of every country that you may want to live in. And this is one of the beauties of America. Yeah. And Andy has been doing it. Andy Krodick over at American Realty has been doing it for 30 
31, 32 years, depending on when the anniversary. Well, August, almost 32 years. It'll be 31. Up. Yeah, 31 coming up. Again, MCOE math, folks. You'll have to excuse me. <laughs> Andy, we got one minute. Anything you want to let the listeners know? It's your, I really appreciate you coming in and talking to us. You're going to have to come in again. I have three pages of uh, subjects we didn't get to. Well, we'll come in again sometime, but uh, I would just say that... Uh, Obviously, be safe, but just know that the the border realtors, and I'm not just saying me, but I mean all of our associates, five hundred and some, yeah, right? Five sixty-seven, I think, really trying to take this thing serious to protect buyers and sellers, of course ourselves. And so, rest assured, you know, ninety-nine percent of us are helping out the right way. Well. Always that one percent. He always yeah, there's always it's like a dentist. You know, ninety nine percent of dentists. Four out of five recommend. Yeah, yeah. No, we've had Andy Krodick in here. A great guy, really a great guy. Uh, good friend of the show. Listens, uh, I don't know, every third week or show to Citizen Watch. But we we love to have him in here. You'll hear him on a new commercial. He was in here for dual purposes. I just grabbed him for a moment. He's been wanting to get out of here since well an hour ago. But I really appreciate you coming in, Andy. Good to see you. And it's good to be your first guest back in studio. That's right. Hey, he he uh, he broke the seal. He's he's the first one in. Hopefully. We'll We'll have more. Folks, we're out of time. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Citizen Watch, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. We'll see you later.